Look, we have a lot of fun here at Remember the Game Industries. You've all heard my obnoxious, high-pitched laugh on the show. I love it. Video games are fun. The Simpsons are funny. It's good times. You know what isn't fun? Shopping for razors. And I don't mean that to sound sarcastic. It genuinely sucks. That's why you shouldn't shop for razors. You should just get them delivered by Harry's. Pick up a $3 trial set at harrys.com RTG and see what I'm talking about. I'm not going to stop beating the Harry's drum because it's a drum worth beating. The best razors on the market at better prices than the crap at the store and they're delivered to you. It's like a shaving cheat code. You've heard me say it. I have been a Harry's customer since I was driving a forklift at a company I'm not allowed to name but you all know who it is and sure my beard gets some praise now but i was a stubble guy for a long time and i still use harry's blades to keep the edges of my beard crisp so it looks like i have a jawline and if you've ever tried to shave along the edges of a beard you know that you can go through blades fast because there's a lot of weeds to whack in there but harry's blades just keep coming back for more i'm not just saying it there's so much better than the junky stuff you get at the store that means a faster cleaner shaving and two you buy less blades because they last longer the best razors for less money brought right to your door i don't know how else to say this harry's is on top for a reason the best reviews in the business customizable delivery schedules so you get them when you need them i can't see a reason not to use Harry's. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week is episode 227, and it's one of our prestigious Patreon poll winning episodes. If you don't know, every month our Patreons get to pick a game that I've never played that they want an episode of Remember the Game about, and then I play the game, and well, you can kind of figure it out from there and ape escape for the original playstation dominated the poll in october and i i figured it would get some votes i figured it was a contender i know some people like this game but holy fuck i didn't like it destroyed that poll so i i finally got around to playing it i fired it up i will let you know uh, I played it on my PlayStation 5 as it is one of like 10 original PlayStation games that are currently available on PS Plus. And uh, yeah, it, it's, I get it. It's pretty solid. It is, it, now listen, it is very, very, very much a showcase for the dual analogs on the original PlayStation DualShock controller. If you didn't know, this was the first game on the PlayStation that required players to use those analog sticks. And I knew that going in and I was a little worried that it might just be a stupid gimmick game that people have rose-colored glasses view of you know uh, but it's not uh, at times it is certainly a little gimmicky uh, but there's a really charming fun well-made not half-assed video game behind that gimmick I, I quite enjoyed my time with ape escape as did my boy keeks who gave me a call this week to have a nice long chat 
about escaping apes. And this was just a fun episode. There was no giant story to try to explain to remember all the plot points of. There's no angry Adam. There's not a lot of heavy lifting. It's just a couple of monkeys rambling about apes. And we'll get there in just a minute because speaking of rambling monkeys, it's time for another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. If you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Consider this your warning. Our intros are kind of long, but they're fun. And they're not nearly as confusing as, oh man, that's the wrong, that's like the third time in like two months that I have forgotten to write a different little blurb for that. That's part of my notes is I write like a stupid joke and say how my intros aren't nearly as blank as blank. And I keep forgetting it's still like an old one in there. Okay. Uh, Our intros are kind of long, but they're fun and they're not nearly as frustrating as the second race against Jake and Ape Escape, which we fucking get into when we get into the main thing. But if you do want to skip the intro, which people have been writing in telling me to stop saying that, I'm going to keep saying it. I know some people don't listen. I recommend you listen to it. It's a lot of fun. We talk video games and shit. It's not just like plugs for 45 minutes or anything. But if you do want to skip the intro, go about 30 minutes up the road and you'll be into the uh, Ape Escape chat portion of the show blah 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 blah. i do have to do my plugs but it's only a couple minutes it's not like the whole half hour uh we have merchandise we have hoodies t-shirts coffee mugs posters all rocking incredible art drawn by my man joe you can find all of his work at 4545creative.com and you can find all our merchandise at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're interested it's a great way to support the show and of course if you don't do clothes which i get you can always support us on patreon for just two bucks a month you get two extra shows every week for five bucks a month you get three extra shows shows every week you get exclusive access to my gaming news show game patch every friday we're looking at all the biggest news in the world of modern video games and i added my opinions and some profanity and stuff in there and expansion pass drops every thursday and that's a different podcast every week we do game rankings we look back at particular characters franchises consoles there's some comedy episodes there is a ton of a ton of modern game reviews over there. In fact, this past week on Expansion Pass, it was the long-awaited Sonic Frontiers review. And remember that all my modern game reviews are 100% spoiler-free. I won't ruin anything for you, so don't worry about that. I spent a couple weeks of my life playing Sonic Frontiers. I really wanted to love it, but I did not. But I also think I was critical of it without being unfair. Even the members of our community that love that game, that listen to it, have been giving me good feedback. They said, you know, you were tough but fair, which is nice. And as is becoming tradition during the intro, here is a sneak peek of last week's episode of Expansion Pass, my Sonic Frontiers review. I really need to try to stay on some form of a fucking map here or I'm just going to get completely lost. And my map that I've written in my notes is better than the maps in fucking Sonic Frontiers. It's open world Sonic and I wanted to like it. But in my opinion, the open world in this game is like the op- open world in Halo Infinite. I liked Halo Infinite, but it did not need to be open world. I thought the open world fucking sucked. The gimmick wears off very quickly and then it just isn't necessary. Now you're just running around for the sake of running around in this big, stupid, open, empty world. Uh, with just a ton of collectibles and random fucking shit all over the place. Winter Crocs nailed it. Winter Crocs wrote in and said, the maps look like something I would have made in Tony Hawk's Creative Park as a kid. Things just randomly placed everywhere. And that's my first major gripe with this game, is that the, like, I don't love open world games, but if an open world game respects my time and does it properly, I'm totally down with it. You know, I like Skyrim. I like Fallout. I like The Witcher. Uh, I, I, there are some open world, I mean, Horizon, I like Spider-Man's fucking awesome. I like some open world games, but this one is like Halo. It's like, it was, it almost, it almost feels like they weren't going to make it open world. And then they were like, okay, well this kind of sucks. What do we do to spice it up a bit? Let's make it open world. It feels like they had no plan. 
that's now available on our archives and this week for expansion pass 141 i thought i'd do one of my world famous ranking episodes it's been a little while since we did a countdown episode and i want to talk indie games i have never hidden the fact i love those little bundles of joy so much and so this week i'm gonna count down my definitive top 10 indie games so if you're looking for some recommendations for something new and cheap to play over the christmas break this episode is for you it's gonna be tough because there's a lot of great indie games. But I'll give you my top 10 and explain why you should be playing them if you haven't. All right? So again, two bucks gets you two extra shows a week. Five bucks gets you three extra shows a week. Plus, instant access to hundreds of bonus archived ad-free episodes of the show. Plus, you can join our Discord. You get a chance to vote on our Patreon poll every month. You can submit comments to be read on all of our shows. You can DM with me. And you get a shout-out right here in the intro and get to hear me mispronounce your name like I'm about to do to most of these people. A huge thank you to our newest patrons, Kyle Husfield, Dan Harrington, Another Shrubbery, Chris, Lord Ward, TBO Castlevaniac, Mika Marshall, Alexis Ramos, Elemento Geek, Faded Sufferance, Todd Usher, Tristan Anderson, Benjamin Atkins, Bryce Westlake, learn how to fucking drive. That person must be from Edmonton. The Big Homie Juice, Brent Hayward, Robbie DLC, Chris Johnson, Mike Connolly, Matt Monahan, Daniel Folland, James Robertson, Chris Hill, Slithis the God, Will McGuire, and Jose Silas. That might be the best shout out batch i've ever done i'm sure i fucked a couple of those up but in my head i might have gotten all of those right holy fuck i'm the show is over i should just stop now because that's as good as that'll ever get a huge thank you all so much for your support and welcome to remember the game industries you can find all of that at patreon.com slash remember the game and then the only other plug i've got is you can find me on twitch i really haven't been on there much in december uh, but I will be getting back on there soon as the Christmas season and everything starts to slow down. Twitch.tv slash member the game. Come by, see my dumb face. Tell me I'm wrong. Whatever you want to do, it's fun. All right. That's enough blowing myself. Let's blow some of you by blowing in some cartridges. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our patrons, usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment blowing in the cartridge. He blows all right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. <laughs> Let's blow our first blower this week is Unbuckled Cape 10, who said, Hey, Adam, I feel like I haven't written in in a while, so I thought I'd offer up a question. Do you think that companies releasing unfit games such as Cyberpunk and Pokemon Scarlet and Violet could be attributed to the economic issues around the world? Game prices haven't gone up, and I'm sure that the price of making them has. So to help companies releasing an unfinished game to get the money to help finance finishing it or start the next one so there isn't a gap in production, is that something you think could be happening? I don't think it's the case, but what about you? Keep cool, my guy. It's an interesting question on Buckle Cape. So are companies like CD Projekt Red with Cyberpunk 2077, with uh, Pokemon, with uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, are they releasing games before they're done because they need that influx of cash to get over the hump of the production costs of making that game or to start financing the next one? I, I would hear that argument. For like a small indie studio or for not, you know, for somebody that's, you know, uh, listen, I've heard a lot of game developers say, especially those smaller studios, like eight out of 10 or something, uh, don't even make the production cost of their game back, much less making a profit, especially a lot of the, you know, I'm sure the big triple A's do, but a lot of the small games don't. So for them, I could totally see that them being like, Hey, like our bank account has been run dry. Let's release this thing. We'll patch it. We need that influx of pre-sales and day one, week one sales to try to get over the hump and keep ourselves afloat. I would hear that for a small studio, but for a company like CD project red with cyberpunk or fucking God knows companies like game freak and Nintendo with Pokemon. I know I don't believe that they've got more money 
than they fucking know what to do with. And they just wanted to please their shareholders. They wanted to get their big bonuses and they wanted those games out in time for the holiday rushes or whatever quarter they're released in. Uh, no, I don't believe they're releasing them because they need that money to get over the hump. I think they just want that money and they know their games are going to sell. I think most people would agree. If you disagree, that's fine, but that's my opinion. I don't think that's what they're doing. I think they're just, they just need to make the numbers to impress the executives, to get the bonuses, to buy the things. And we are the ones that suffer. It's the, somebody please think of the children. God damn it. Uh, thanks for writing in on buckle tiny package. I can relate to that. Wrote in and said, most of my personality is stolen from the Simpsons and it's hard to make original jokes because of it. You're obviously a Simpsons savant too. So I'm wondering if this affects you when it comes up or it affects you with coming up with stage material. Uh, so if you don't know by chance, I am a stand-up comedian. If you're new to the show, that's my job away from the podcast microphone. And you know what? Tiny package. It, it was when I first started, I had a lot of Simpsons references and I don't know. I mean, I think most of you know, cause I do a lot of them on the show. Uh, I do a lot of Simpsons impressions and stuff. And when I first started out as a comedian, I thought maybe doing Simpsons impressions would be a great way to get myself noticed on stage and stand out. Uh, but I very quickly saw other comedians that were doing it. And I was like, they kind of frankly come across as a little bit hacky and their jokes suffer because they have a crutch of just like, you know, the joke doesn't even be like, I can tell you like a six out of 10 joke, which in my normal voice won't get any laughs. But if I just tell a joke like Bonnie Gumbo, all of a sudden everybody loses their minds. And it's like, it's a, it's a fucking crutch. So, uh, no, I specifically go out of my way to not talk anything Simpsons or anything that I've seen from the Simpsons, uh, on stage. So no, it doesn't affect my act at all. I, I you know, Jerry Seinfeld is probably the biggest influence on my act. Um, because when I was a young, I don't say a kid, but like when I was a teenager, I really liked his stand-up and his stand-up's clean. So if you've ever watched or heard any of my jokes, uh, unless I'm doing crowd work and fucking around with the audience, most of my actual written material is like PG. And a lot of that is a Jerry Seinfeld influence more than uh, more than Seinfeld. Uh, or part of me, more than the Simpsons part of me. Uh, Roto Baggins wrote in and said, Hey Adam, your selfie game has been strong on Instagram lately. How long are you going to let the beard get? I'm unfortunately uh, ashamed to say I actually trimmed my beard last week. I, if you don't know, my Instagram, is, mine is at AdamBlank17 and the podcast is at MemberTheGame. And uh, yeah, I went about two months, two and a half months without touching my hair or my beard. And uh, I was starting to look like a dude that lives in like a doomsday preppers fucking shelter. I, you know, like it was, I loved it. I know Shaylee hated it. I loved it. Uh, but I, I had a pretty big Christmas party to perform at last weekend and I couldn't show up looking like uh, a fucking Neanderthal. So I reluctantly finally caved and got everything trimmed, un unfortunately. So otherwise it was going to keep going. And you know what? After this Friday, I'm done with my Christmas parties. As of now, I think my next show is Valentine's Day. So I might just let it go for another month and let it go again. So, but no, I, like I'll never get like a fucking, my beard doesn't get like long and cool. Like the fucking, the, you know, the beards that go down to like your boobs. My beard gets like fucking, poof. it just like puffs out like a fucking Brillo pad. and goes all over. It's disgusting. Uh, Morgan Orsag wrote in and said, Dear Andy, I am writing in to ask your opinion on violent games. I have lived an extremely violent life. Firefighter, combat, bouncer, bounty hunter, etc. My question is this. Do you think that bad games make bad morals in people? I didn't start gaming as much as I wanted until I was 17. I took to extremely graphic violent games. Kind of fun to murder people with reckless abandonment in Grand Theft Auto. Now I'm a 40-something father of two 
and a churchgoer? Should I shield my children from gaming horrors or let them wade through the sludge that is modern popular media? You can't teach morals to adults, and it seems like people are one way or another. Kid watches anything or is oversheltered. How do I find a medium ground? Well, Morgan, let me say, I, I don't have kids, and if I ever tried to give any of my um, in-laws advice on how to raise my nieces or nephews, they would probably mace me and tell me to get the fuck out of their house. So I don't really know if I'm in a position to answer this, but I will say, now admittedly, I grew up in an era where like the most violent video game was probably Doom. Uh, yeah, like, and, and I was allowed to play that. Like I, I was in shelter growing up. My brother, my brother's younger than me and my brother grew up playing Grand Theft Auto and stuff like that. And he turned out fine. I mean, he's weird, but he's not out shooting anybody or anything. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know it's going to sound like kind of a bitch answer. And again, any of you listening that are a parent should not even take this with a grain of salt. You should just not take this because my opinion shouldn't matter because I don't have kids. I'm very much the belief that like if the parents are doing their job and talking to the kids and making sure, you you know, I think kids can play just about anything. I don't think I'd be letting them play, you know, games where you can go around and like leisure suit Larry and stuff like that. But I mean, if I had a kid, I, I, I mean, once they were like teenagers, I'd probably let them play, you know, the G I don't think I'd let like a six year old play GTA, but once they're old enough that I can explain to them that it's just a video game. And I, I, I would probably let them, but that's, but I don't know. It's, it's hard because I don't have kids and I was raised. You know what? When I was a kid, I wasn't allowed to watch Beavis and Butthead. And for what it's worth now as a 39-year-old, I don't particularly care for Beavis and Butthead. And my taste in music is primarily the same as like a 15-year-old girl's. I love like crappy pop punk music and crappy pop music. And I love NSYNC and those types of bands and stuff like that. So maybe taking Beavis and Butthead away from me did have an impact on my upcoming. So that maybe just keep that in mind. But that's all I really have to add, Morgan. Talk to your kids and I don't think it's the end of the world. But that's... Anyway, I'm moving on because I don't feel I feel weird giving parenting advice. Thank you for writing in, uh, Morgan. Daft Belga said, hey, Adam, apparently you Canadians have something called poutine, which is a weird dish of fries, gravy and cheese and chunks of cottage cheese. As a Belgian, I find this idea to be very weird, yet familiar to our national dish, carb- carbonade a la flamande or stoufilies. Stoufilies? Is poutine any good? That's the point. Daft Belga's asking, is poutine any good? So poutine, in, like, listen, there's a lot of ways to butcher poutine, and places will make, like, fucking super shrimp fish taco extreme poutine with, like, 3,000 ingredients on it. But at its core basis, if you've never had it, poutine is just french fries, gravy, and cheese curds. It's not cottage cheese. It's cheese curds. And yes, poutine is delicious, but to me, 90% of the poutine comes down to the quality of the cheese curds. I can live with a subpar French fry and I can live with mediocre gravy, but you need good. And if you've never, if you've had good cheese curds, you know, and if you haven't, then you don't understand what you're missing out on. Like a cheese curd, I think I explained it on the show a few weeks ago. A cheese curd, when you put it in your mouth and chew on it, it should sound like someone playing basketball. It should just squeak in your mouth. And you get some big, heavy, delicious gooey chewy cheese curds drop them onto some fresh fries and gravy and then they start to melt and get stringy and oh it's it is not only good it is it is it is it is fucking an orgasm in your mouth but bad like mcdonald's was doing poutine at one point and it was like they should have gotten run out of canada it's fucking abysmal so yeah that's what it is and yes it's delicious uh toad spit i I gotta try this other one i gotta try this stoofy lees that sounds good 
Uh, Toad Spit wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, first time blower here. I got a podcast question. What site or streaming platform did you upload your first episode of Remember the Game to? And where do you recommend that I start uploading? Uh, I use Podbean. I started on Podbean, and that's the only site I've ever used. It is a podcast uploading whatever service. I don't know what you call it. Uh, I think I pay about 100 bucks a year. And it's a little bit of a bitch to get set up. But once it's set up, you're done. And I still use it to this day. And now every Tuesday night, I upload uh, every episode of Remember the Game. And once it's all set up once, then I just upload it there. And then it goes to wherever you're listening. Apple, Spotify, Google uh, Podcasts, Podcast Addict, all those. The only other site I go out of my way to upload them to are YouTube. I upload the They're basically just audio on a still screen. Uh, but other than that, I only use uh, Podbean. And I've been quite happy with them. So I can't speak to any of the other ones. But I've been using Podbean for about six years now. And I, I, I have no complaints about them. Um, I forget, said Adam, is Mario Strikers Battle League worth 40 doll hairs? My son is 11 and is asking for FIFA for Christmas, but he plays on the Switch and I can't bring myself to buy the Legacy Edition. I'm sure he'd have more fun with the Mario Striker game, but I'm not sure. FIFA or Mario Strikers? Oh, that's tough. I might forget. Listen, if you weren't on the Switch, I would say your kid wants FIFA, get them FIFA. But you're right. If you don't know, ladies and gentlemen, FIFA on the Switch is like the crappiest it's basically like fifa 19 or something with a roster and i know we say that every year those games are just a roster update but the fifa legacy editions are literally a game from three or four years ago with a new update at full price they're a fucking joke so i don't recommend buying that would your kid like mario strikers if he wants to play it with his friends he's probably not gonna like it like if he wants like all his friends are playing fifa and he's got it it doesn't it's not fifa it's four on four and it's more of a focus on like tackling each other and and using stupid items and i gotta say i i, I poo-pooed on it when it first came out i love mario strikers on the gamecube and on the wii i didn't love the one on the switch but i am slowly getting more into the one on the switch it's fun uh but just know there's like unless your kid's gonna play it online it, there's nothing there there's maybe five hours of gameplay there tops unless you're gonna play it with your friends or play it online so you're probably in a better position to answer those questions uh, but it, it certainly is not like it's it's not simulation in the least. It's not FIFA at all. But I agree. I I those fucking FIFA Legacy editions drive me up the goddamn wall. So I get you. I might forget. I hope that helps. Uh, and finally, it's letter time. It's letter time. And Mal Mal Mal. Sorry, I don't know how to say your name. Mal 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 wrote in and said uh, it's M A L Mal. I don't know. Hey Adam. As someone who enjoys retro games, do you feel out of touch watching the Game Awards? I found I wasn't excited for many of the world premieres, especially the shooters that look like I need to be at attention deficit and high on meth to be good at, and I didn't even know what many of them were. Some of the ones that I did know left me scratching my head. Do we really need another Death Stranding? I feel old like Cranky Kong, and I feel that even that reference ages me. Half the reason I follow podcasts like yours is because I trust the opinion of people who understand what video games used to be like, instead of having someone suggest the thousandth literal or spiritual successor to call of duty grumble 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 are you so out of touch no it's the children who are wrong uh no i do you know what's wild is like i play everything if you listen to the early days of remember the game uh four years ago all i was playing was the switch the switch and retro i didn't have a playstation i didn't have an xbox i kind of gotten out now i've just completely this show is just i've fallen heads over heels back in love with gaming but even as somebody that plays games for a living and spends a lot of time playing games, I still feel out of touch um, with some of them. Like, I don't like a lot of online games. I don't care about, you know, Fortnite and Call of Duty. I don't play anything Call of Duty. I don't play Madden. I don't play Diablo. I don't play Destiny. I don't play... 
uh, Borderlands. Like, there's a lot of popular games out there today that I don't play. So I only kind of recently got into Among Us because the community in our Discord plays it, and I still suck, and everyone votes for me all the time anyway just because I'm me and it's crap. But uh, I do feel out of touch. I, I feel like I could hold my own in a conversation about particular franchises, but not all of it. Um so no, I, I do get it. And, and, and I do, that's another thing. And I think a lot of people would kind of agree with this. When I watch those showcases, I watch the game awards or I watch E3 or whatever. Uh, you know, usually there's a few announcements that stand out to me. Like at the game awards, Hades two looks fucking awesome. I'm super stoked for that, but I do feel like they start to blend in and they all start to bleed together, especially when they're all just the same cinematic shooty, shoot, shoot. Like if you were to show me uh, Battlefield, Rainbow Six, and Call of Duty right now. If you were to show me a 10-second clip of each one, I couldn't tell you the differences. I don't play them, so I shouldn't know. Uh, so I do feel out of touch with some of the kids today and some of the young people today. You know what's made me... So I'm, I hope that helps. Mal, you're not alone. I feel the same way. Um, so I don't, I don't even try anymore. I, even as someone whose job it is to keep up with video games, I don't try to pretend I know what every game is anymore. I stick to the genres and the games. Uh... I stick to the rivers and the lakes that I'm used to. That's what I should have said. Oh, man. Shout out to Nuggets that reference. What a great song. Uh, but I stick to the stuff I like and the stuff I know. And then the rest, I just be honest with people. I'll tell you the news about it, but I'm like, I don't know anything about it. Anyone that's ever listened to Game Patch, my gaming news show, that's what I, if I don't know anything about it, I'm going to tell you what it is. And then I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell you, I don't know anything about this. And then I'll read some comments from people that do. So I wouldn't say, don't let yourself get discouraged. Just pick the genres, the franchises, the systems, the publishers, the developers you like, and just uh, stay in your lane. Every once in a while, try something new. You never know. You can get surprised. But I, I feel the same way. I get totally lost this time of year, or uh, these, these days with gaming as well. I'm 39. I don't understand it anymore. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for all the submissions, everybody. We got to move on. Uh, so let's change things up and let's get into our uh, smash hit segment, the official game show of Remember the Game Industries. It's play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week, I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it was released, remake one as a modern game, and the third is erased from time forever. And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one, and we'll get to that in just a minute. This time around, I went with three of the highest rated PS1 games on Metacritic that aren't Ape Escape and aren't like Final Fantasy VII. We've got Parappa the Rappa, Wipeout XL, and Siphon Filter. And this one was not close. 43% of our patrons said they would play Parappa the Rappa, remake Siphon Filter, and erase Wipeout XL, which for the record is the right answer. That's what I would say as well this week. So let's see what a few of you had to say, and then I'll explain why the right answer was what it was. Max Power wrote in and said, I'm going to go the unpopular route. Play Wipeout. It's nothing special, but it looks okay enough as it is. Remake Siphon Filter, which is a good game, but it's aged like open mayo sitting in a hot car for a month. Upgraded graphics and controls would make that game good. And erase Parappa the Rappa. I'd rather listen to nails on a chalkboard than that piece of monkey crap i want to disagree with your order because you're wrong but i know the rules you don't disagree with max power you strap yourself in and feel the g's so it is what it is uh toki vibes wrote in and said i would play wipeout because i've not played it but i know future games are excellent i'd remake parappa the rapper because i think that rapper deserves some modern day love and then i'd erase siphon filter because i have played it and i just think there are better games to play that is the most pure erased logic i think i've ever seen on this show toki vibes i have played it and i just think there are better games to play i that just put a smile on my face i respect that logic very much <laughs> just like ah. I just, I just didn't like it. I like that. Uh, Slithis the God 
wrote it. <laughs> when someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. Shout out to everyone who gets that non-Simpsons reference. You all better get that fucking reference. Uh, Slithis wrote in and said, first time getting to do this after the journey of burning through every episode. I play Parappa because my history with the world of rap music. I remake Wipeout XL because I don't have a clue what the fuck it is, but it looks like it could be a cool racing game potentially. And since I do know what Siphon Filter is and I've never enjoyed the stealth genre, that game can go straight into the trash bin. You know what? I desperately would love to throw Siphon Filter in the trash as well because I also don't care for the stealth genre, but unfortunately, I'm not going to do that. And I'll explain why in just a second. But solid first time around. Slithis the god. And yes, you are a god. I always say yes. Uh, Eric, Christi Eric Christian Powers Esquire wrote in and said, Play Parappa because we played the shit out of that game in college and had a lot of fun with it. Some of those tunes are still stuck in my head. Never played the other two. So I'll remake Siphon Filter because the box art looks cool. And delete Wipeout XL because the box art looks like ass. Mm. I just like that Eric Christian Powers Esquire. Uh, sound logic as well. You like one, you play it, you remake one because the box art looks cool and you delete one because the box art looks like shit. I don't agree with, I don't disagree with that. Uh, like I said, 43% of you had it right this week, including, actually so did, uh, Eric Christian, uh, Powers, but as did Bookerman102. Booker, I want to know if that has to do with Booker T. I hope it does because Booker T is the fucking man. Bookerman102 said, this one was an easy decision. Play Parappa. It's amazing. It's still very playable as it is. Remake Siphon Filter. This was an amazing game when it came out, but could really benefit from a remake with modern controls and graphics. And that leaves Wipeout XL as the default choice to erase because rules is rules. You're fucking right. Rules is rules. And thank you so much lately to everybody for respecting the rules of my stupid little show. I agree with 43% of you, including Bookerman. I would play Parappa the Rappa because I want to. And because it won the Patreon poll in November, so I'm contractually obligated to play it. But I've always wanted to. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what Parappa the Rap is all about. I would remake Siphon Filter, even though I don't particularly want to, because I don't imagine a way I don't eventually have to play that game for the show, and I'm willing to bet that the original PS1 version is aged like a fucking banana. So I would remake it just so it's playable. And then I'm going to race Wipeout XL, because racing games just aren't my flavor as a whole, and Wipeout XL literally is an extra large crash. That is what its name is, Wipeout XL. And I don't need that in my life. I don't need extra large crashes in my life. So I'll I'll erase that one. Uh, thank you so much to everybody that played along this week here and play one, remake one, erase one. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Podcasting is a weird job because I talk to you nerds all the time. Every day, I tell you all about my life, the good and the bad. The ugly... I kind of keep that offline. And it's not that I don't want to talk about it. I'd love to talk about it. I just need to pick and choose who I talk to. We all have stuff that just lives in our minds, rent-free, 24-7. Talking about them can really help because the longer you keep something bottled up, the more likely it is to blow. You've heard me say it before and you're going to keep hearing me say it. Therapy is the way. Therapists can be that ear to bend when you really need to get something off your chest and don't know who to talk to. And better help is a great way to go about it. I don't BS you guys. I don't say I've used something if I've never used it. I've personally talked to a BetterHelp therapist about the stuff going on in my personal life, and I genuinely found it helpful. To have someone to talk to that doesn't have any skin in the game, that can just listen and try to help me come up with a roadmap to get through the tough times... It's just invaluable. It has seriously really helped me. I've talked to my therapist through video and you can do it that way or you can do it over the phone or even just over chat and they give you as many schedule options as possible so you can work a session in around your life. It's licensed therapy as convenient as it gets. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash RememberTheGame today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com 
slash remember the game. What have I been playing over the last seven days? And then we'll finally get into talking Ape Escape. Uh, it has been primarily just two games. I've been flipping between God of War Ragnarok and Castle Crashers. Castle Crashers I'm playing because, uh, spoiler, that is going to be next week's episode of Remember the Game. And God of War Ragnarok I've been playing because for the I still have a massive backlog and I still owe a lot of episodes to people. But this week was Ape Escape. Next week is Castle Crashers. Mark McHugh and I have a very special episode planned for Remember the Game number 229 at the end of December. But I'm not going to tell anybody what it is until uh, I have to. Uh, and no, it is not Metal Gear Solid 3. And it's not a revisited of Mario's Missing. And we're not putting Mark McHugh back in the Hall of Fame. It's an actual game that we're covering. So uh, those games I've played, they're all done and ready to go. So I'm like, whether I play through games for the backlog now or not, if none of them are going to get uh, an episode until January. So I was like, now's the chance to try to knock a couple modern games off my backlog. I've been playing God of War Ragnarok like a fucking fiend. It is outstanding. And I promise you, probably not before the end of the year, because next week's expansion pass is going to be our annual Festivus airing of gaming grievances. And the week after that, will be listener choice. Bet you the first episode of expansion pass in January is going to be my God of War Ragnarok review. Uh, but that's it. Basically just God of War and Castle Crashers. So uh, let's talk Ape Escape. That's why you're here. I know it. As always, I like to give our listeners a chance to sound off on the game we're talking about. Before my guest and I hog the microphone, and we got a lot of comments this week. I'm going to rip through a few of them here. Corey Street wrote in and said, one of the very first games I got for my PlayStation 1, I remember not being able to play it with the original controller and then bugging my dad for, or begging my dad for the DualShock. I had to wait a while for him to afford it, but I had a blast when I got to play fun game fun times i promise we get into that a little bit i promise you there's a lot of kids out there that got this game and then couldn't play it because they didn't have a dual shock controller or pardon me duels dual sense no, it was the Dual Shock. The Dual Sense is the PS5. The Dual Shock was the original. Yeah. Uh, Jock Nerdington wrote in and said the best game that's actually one long tutorial to teach people how to use a dual joystick controller. I will agree with that. It is one long tutorial, but it is the best game ever to be a long tutorial. I agree with both those statements. TBO Castlevaniac said this game is all right, but it's got some weird ass controls. I believe they use these specific controls to introduce the controller with analog sticks. I gave it another shot recently, but without camera turning, it gets annoying quickly. You know, I don't disagree with you, but I got to say. I, I found the camera weird at first. I got used to it. I, I thought it was weird at first because I'm used to the, you know, moving the camera with the right stick like everybody else. We can do this more on the show. Um, if you try this game now for the first time and you get frustrated by the, frustrated by the controls and walk away, I'll t just stick with it a little longer. I, I thought it was weird too. And then, I, and then it just suddenly clicked in one of the three loose holes in my brain and it suddenly made sense. Uh, Wooly Bully said, ah, yes, this was the game that showed me there are worlds outside of Nintendo. And this is still my favorite PS1 game of all time. If it wasn't for this game, I never would have played so many titles PlayStation is known for, like Crash, Spyro, Jack, and Ratchet. This game truly changed my entire outlook on video games. I love my PlayStation still today because of this weird yet wonderful game. And everyone's got those, we call those gateway games. Everybody's got a gateway game. So I respect that. And Ethan Rowley said, playing this on the PS5 when it came out was great. The soundtrack was so nostalgic for me. It brings back a lot of childhood memories. I had a great time playing it. Soundtrack is good. I have one gripe with the soundtrack, and Keegs and I are going to get into that. We're going to get into everything. Ape Escape right now. I'm going to queue up some of that uh, nostalgic music you all love so much. And when it stops, Keegs and I are going to revisit the iconic Ape Escape, which originally released in North America on the PlayStation on May 31st, 1999. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go.
All right. So as I'm sure I mentioned during the intro and all that kind of stuff, this is one of our prestigious Patreon poll winning episodes. And because it is a prestigious Patreon poll winning episode, I decided to uh, tap in one of our prestigious paying patrons and also one of our Discord uh, moderators and also just a buddy of mine who I think is uh, a little bit of a monkey. And that is my friend uh, Keeks. How's it going, buddy? Not too bad. You're leading up. I thought you were about to call me stupid monkey. I was like, wait, no, that's the wrong guy. No, I wouldn't do that. No. (laughs) But now, okay. So, but now apes before I, I got to say this before we start the show. So I don't fucking get yelled at. Are apes and monkeys the same? Uh, no, I don't think they They are. They are the same kingdom, but not the same family or genus or something like that. All right. Good enough. I just, I was like, if I don't fucking throw that in there, sure as shit. I'm going to get the messages. People like, oh, well, actually, technically apes are considered blah, blah, blah. But I don't care. All right. They all are just look yeah. like they're among the best animals. I love monkeys. I think monkeys are fucking great animals. Apes, uh, a little bit more indifferent because while they are cool, I'm, I'm like, I'm not worried about monkeys rising up and taking over the planet. Apes make me a little nervous. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think that's fair. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. So the order is primate. And that's like us and also monkeys and apes. And then it goes into whatever. All right. So then, okay, good enough then. All right. There you go. History lesson on biology of apes and monkeys. That'll do it for this week's episode of What Are These? We'll be back next week where we discuss bees and hornets. Uh, No, uh, they're both evil. Anyway, we're talking ape escape. I, and like, I now listen. All right, I'm gonna share my thought. I'm gonna say I quite like before anyone's like, oh man, I, I love this game from my childhood. I hope he's not gonna shit all over it. There is, I'm there's no shit. I like this game quite a bit actually. A couple minor gripes, but for the most part, pretty impressive game. But as soon as this game won the pay, as soon as this game won the Patreon poll, you, I feel like the poll hadn't even wrapped up yet, and you were like, hey man, I'll come on and talk Ape Escape. So I yeah. will, sh- I'll it, shut up and give you the floor. You put the poll up. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so you put the poll up. I was like, "Yo, I fucking love Ape Escape." So, let me. uh, The floor is yours. I've I played this game for the first time as a thirty-nine-year-old man about a week ago. Uh, What's going on? Why Why are you so passionate about these escaping apes? So I played this game for the first time as a nine-year-old when it uh, when it first came out. Like, um, I don't remember where we were at. I think we might have rented it from Blockbuster and then ended up buying it. But like, it was just, we were, we were kids. I was nine. My brother was six and the cover had, you know, crazy apes on it. Like it looked like it definitely like appealed to kids just the way that it, it looked right. Like it's like exploding bunch of monkeys running around on the cover and everything. We're like, yeah. yo, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Except I don't think I swore, but we rented it and it was, just awesome like the controls were weird as shit because we weren't used to that at the time but yeah. like i <laughs> i found the controls weird just, now but not not bad and i want to clarify that i don't think they're bad i just it is so mm. so this is one of those games that like this was probably the game that people were most upset didn't get uh put on the playstation classic and the reason yeah. it didn't get put on PlayStation Classic is because it clearly needs the dual analogs, and the PlayStation Classic didn't have dual analogs because it's the cheapest piece of shit ever made. It's fucking hot trash. Yeah. So I understand that, but I've always, dude, every I I promise you, everyone listening to this, if you Google a list of the best PS1 games, Ape Escape will be on that list. It is always on these lists, mm-hmm. and I 
don't know every game from the PS1, but I know quite a few of the big ones. So I was like, I want to see, like, why is this game on that list? And now that I've played it, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I, I get it. I, it's... It's not like, listen, it's not the deepest fucking video game you've ever played. In some ways, it feels like just a giant tech demo for what the dual analogs can do because it was the first game where you yeah. had to use them. Uh, that said, cons- considering that like this is, and I don't want to, I'm sure if I say this, someone's going to fucking yell at me for being wrong, but like considering this is one of the first games that ever was built entirely around using the dual analogs, uh, I would argue that I have played games in like the 2020s that don't use the dual analog sticks as well as this game does. Like it's, it's, it's yeah. pretty impressive for like a, a demo for lack of a better term. Does that make sense? Well, it actually, it actually is the, the first game to, to explicitly need the dual shock controller. Yeah. But I'm just saying that like, I'm sure someone will be like, Oh, the fucking Atari Jaguar had to, or some fucking like, yeah, well, it Atari never fails. Jaguar is not a real console. No, it isn't. As the Sega Saturn is for, Yeah. PlayStation controller, the dual shock. This is the first game that you need that controller. For. Yeah. I remember it said something about that on the, the case of the game. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because you like need, the thing is dual shock controller. Because the thing is like, you're right. Like I'm looking at the box art to it right now. And like, if I had been, you know, eight or nine years old when this game came out, like, yeah, my parents would have totally bought me this. It looks like it looks like like it looks awesome. Like if you've never seen it, look up the box art. It just says Ape Escape. And then there's all these hilarious monkeys with like sunglasses and binoculars and they're running around and being crazy. And it looks like a childish game. But like, first of all, despite the fact that it says you need the dual analogs, I'm 100 percent sure there were copies sold to people that didn't have dual analogs. I'm a hundred billion percent. Oh, 100%. Sure. And it's straight up not 100%. playable without them. Um, but I also like, even if all it was, was the first game that needed those analogs, I think it would have a place in PlayStation history, but then you actually sit mm. down and play it. And it's like, this is a, it's a, I was about to say deep, but I don't, it's not deep, but it is like a really good fun. It has no major fault. Like, like it's yeah. not perfect, but I'm like, I'm sitting here thinking about it and I'm like, I can't think of a single major, I hate, okay. I have a couple little things I don't like. Uh, mm-hmm. Like what are we like, am I not is thinking of something? Is it the controls? Pardon me? Is it the swimming controls? It's no, actually I didn't find the swimming that bad. Uh, it wasn't I great. the swimming controls. But... Yeah. It wasn't that great, but I've, I've had worse. Fucking Banjo Kazooie and Conker's Bad Fur Day have worse swimming controls than this. Um, yeah, like the 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 janky control stuff in the game, I find is just janky because of the way they had the controls set up. Because like all your gadgets and stuff use the right analog stick, and then you move with the left. Yeah. So it's just that's just kind of how it had to happen. Yeah. When, it, when they did like other stuff, like controlling like the RC car or like swimming and stuff, it's just like. Yeah, it kind of has to be a little janky on how you control it because of just the way they already set up the controls. Yeah, what I found funky about it was just like, and again, this is the first one, so it's it's I'm not gonna knock points off of it because it's just a product of the times. But like, <laughs> I guarantee you, and you know what, this may be the first time ever that I felt comfortable saying this. Everybody listening to this has played something modern and known that when you have the dual analogs, the left stick moves your character, the right stick moves the camera. 
Like we're all used yeah. to that. Like, you know, everyone's used to that. And so it did take me some time when playing this to try to get used to not doing that because you're right. The right stick is whatever item you're holding. The left stick moves you. Mm -hmm. And I think it's R1 or something to put the camera behind you. And it, yeah. And then the you, two L shoulder buttons is your jump. Both of them. Let yeah. You jump. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. The, like, and it's weird like yeah. all you and all like, you use those four face buttons for picking a different item and then you use the right analog stick to use the item and the first hour or so that i played it i was like what the fuck is this this is stupid but then once i got yeah. used to it i was like oh this is fine and it actually works surprisingly well surprisingly well yeah because like the reason i think it's harder for you to go back and play those controls is because like you said like the controls are pretty like standardized by now yeah. with the dual analogs on what everything does. Whereas back then it wasn't because like dual analogs was a new thing. So they're just like, cool. It's just extra buttons. Let's see what we can do with this thing and, you know, push the controller into what we need it to do. Yeah. And then the so other like thing, weird controls, but it works because it's, it, it just does. Oh, it does. Yeah, it worked great. Like the other thing I ran into a little bit was um I should let me like I played this on my PS5 on PS Plus, and I don't know if maybe the PS5 controller is just a lot more sensitive than the original PS1 or not. But there were a couple instances, particularly oh fuck me. It's like the second race, I think, where you have to race that little blue-headed sack of shit, Jake or whatever the fuck mm. his name is. And there's a part where you have to run along a really narrow, like basically like a one block wide ledge. And yeah. uh, for the fucking life of me, I could not get across that ledge. And I was like, I'm not dissing the game even for it. I just don't know if it's because the PS5 controller is more sensitive or if it was always that tough. But, like, I, I lost that race more times than anything else in the game beat me or killed me or anything. That race mm -hmm. fucked me right up. And I got so – there was one point where I was like <laughs> – I had to, like, have an internal – I was like, can I, can I rage quit Ape Escape? And then I was like, I don't think so. I think I would ruin my credibility forever. If I rage quit <laughs> ape escape, but then I, and then I got through it and then it was fine. Um, yeah, I think it's a little, a column a, a little, a column B with just a, it is a hard race because yeah. you don't have a whole lot of room to move and the controls aren't tight because controls just weren't that tight in that, uh, 3d era. Yeah. For like, sure. even though this is like the end of the PS one's lifespan, like it's still, yeah, it's, it's not super tight because they, they're like, Oh, we got controls tight with just the D pad, but then they had an analog stick. Yeah. It's like, oh, they're going out the window again. And and you know what? I'll just I'll just put it out there. I'm a I'm a big fan of the original PlayStation. I've never found the analog sticks on the original DualShock to be all that impressive. Like, yeah, they they suck. The PS One DualShock is garbage. Right. Like I like the shape of the like because I love that PlayStation Five generations in is still rocking a very like they've i mean they've obviously changed their controller but they they figured out their formula and they stuck with it and i i'm generally a fan of the playstation controller but like i remember mm. trying to use those analogs back in the ps1 era and i always just found them so loose like and just yeah. not well, I, not comfortable to use yeah i think the main thing with the analog controllers back then is because they were just an additional thing added games weren't developed with them to be used like Ape Escape was. So they didn't have like, you know, 360 rotation around it, like yeah. programmed into the game. It was still just, uh, 
like eight way directional, like the D pad was, you just got it on a stick. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of janky and didn't really work that great. Right. But I mean, like not bad at all. Like the, the, <clears throat> so I didn't, I, I struggled with running across those skinny platforms uh, the swimming wasn't great, but I've definitely played worse swimming games. You know what I fucking struggled with? I thought it was very uh, clever, but I also sucked at it, was rowing the dinghy. And oh, fuck the dinghy. If you've never played this game, ladies, like, we'll get into this. Like, the story is really dumb. This fucking ape sends a bunch of apes throughout time to try. We'll get into it. But, like, yeah. the long and short of it is you go level from level uh, trying to catch these escaped apes. And they're quite hilarious. But you use these analogs for everything. Like Keeg said, it's not just... Like, you use it to 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 move your character. You use it to use all your different items, which we'll get into. And for, the for like, 90% of the time, I think it's quite clever. But there's a couple of instances where you have to get, like, a yellow, like, rubber raft, and then you just roll with the two oars. And each analog stick is an oar. So if you only spin the left one, you only row with your left oar, and you'll just go around in a circle. So if you need to go in a straight line, you swing, you you spin both um, analog sticks at the same pace, and it's like you know rowing two oars. And like I don't know if I'm just an uncoordinated piece of shit, but for the fucking life of me, I suck so hard. Which to be fair, like I suck at like I go kayaking sometimes, and I'm pretty bad at that too. So maybe I'm just <laughs> not good at boating. But like I oh my god, I I just I just oh. kept going around in circles and crashing into stuff, and I was getting so mad. But yeah, that- I'll give you that. The, the the dinghy controls aren't that great. I found that there's like no, it doesn't like curve really well. It, it curves the wrong word, I guess. Like it doesn't flow really well between like going like slow and small to like going like big wide circles. It's yeah. just like he's either flapping the paddle and missing the water or flapping it like crazy and hitting the water. And you just got to hope that you're getting the later so that you're just always moving. But yeah, 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 I remember countless times just constantly getting stuck and hitting shit and just like not the, being able to get myself turned around. Yeah, the fortunate thing about it is I can't think of a time, a single time in the game where like you're ever really put into like a really there's not really a lot of challenges. It's not like you have to row along like the edge of a waterfall without falling off of it. Or you're usually just in like a, you basically there's, they're just like, Hey, there's enemies in the water that can zap you. So just stay in your boat. And if it takes you five minutes to row your boat across the level, it doesn't really matter. So yeah. it's more of just a nuisance. It's not like it's going to kill you or anything at least. Um, yeah. Cause the game is for kids. So it's like, it has to be easy to like finish, but not necessarily complete. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And let me say, dude, like, I don't think this game is hard by any stretch, but there's some clever, clever puzzles. And I will, I'll, I'll just throw it out there right now. I did not 100% it. I did not, I did beat it. Like, I beat it and saved the world or whatever, but I didn't go back and catch every ape. I went back to the first few levels and cleaned them up. And then I was like, I'm, I'm, I've had my fill of this. Like, it's more of just the same. Yeah. Um, but like, cause if you've never played it, every level when you go in, it tells you, like, hey, in this level, there's, eight apes you need to catch five and it what i actually thought was kind of cool is it, it it doesn't even give you the option to catch all eight the first time you're in the level once you catch your fifth ape that's it like it goes to a cutscene, mm-hmm. and your guy goes like oh, i did it <laughs> or whatever the fuck and then it goes back yeah. to the lab and then you have to go back to the level to collect the rest and it like the very first level the very first level in the game the the last you have to catch like three out of four apes or whatever 
And the fourth ape is up on this ledge. And I probably spent five minutes trying to figure out how to get up on this fucking ledge. And then finally left. And then realized, like, oh, it gives you more items later in the game. It expects you to have to backtrack and go back to levels yeah. to collect the rest of the apes. And, yeah, and it comes right out the gate and lets you know, like, yeah, there's an ape you can't get in this very first level. Yeah. That's yeah. just, like, a circle. It's like, yeah, there's more to this game. It's all about coming back afterwards to clean everything up. Yeah. And that's like one of the things I really want to praise about this game is like when I, when it won the Patreon, I'll, I'll be completely honest with everybody, especially over the last couple of months with Christmas and everything like that. One of the factors that's gone into what I put on the Patreon polls is like, how long is this? I cannot, I could not take on a 40 hour game right now. I was like, it's not happening. And I looked up how long ape escape was and it wasn't that long. And I was like, Oh, okay. Mm. And then I started playing it and I was like, this is really fun, but I'd be disappointed if I got this as a kid and I could beat it in seven or eight hours. Man, if you want to go back and try to collect every ape in this game and do everything, like get all the, the Spencer coins and stuff, uh, like it's oh, yeah. not it's not fucking Grand Theft Auto. There's not 200 hours of content here. But like, especially when so many games just do that bullshit, oh, you can play through it again on the harder difficulty to try to extend the life of it. They they packed. A, there's a fair amount of meat on the old ape bone here. Like there's a game yeah. here. There's a full game here. Like full game and mini game. At, yeah, and mini games. Did you did you end up trying any of the mini games? I played two. I didn't get enough Spencer coins for the third one. I tried the. Okay. I tried the skiing. Oh, dude! So I tried. So okay, if you've never played it, yeah. There's like as you go through the game, in addition to catching all the wait, we should okay. All right, you know what? No, we'll just we'll do. I'm going all over the place, but let's. We haven't been organized yet. Why no. start now? I I feel like I feel like my brain. This if anyone's played Ape Escape, you know exactly what I'm saying. I feel like my brain is like one of the apes running away from you right now, where it's like yep. its legs are going a million miles a minute, but it's barely moving and it's constantly just turning around to see if it's fucked. That's what I feel like right now because I'm all over the map. Yeah, yeah. this game maybe can, like, for a banana. Yes, exactly. It's it's uh, yeah, exactly. This game, in addition to the main plot where you have to go to each level and catch these apes, there's these coins that you find in the levels. They're optional. And as you find coins, you unlock these mini games that you can go play. Uh, so I tried the one which is skiing, which I actually thought was like, mm. listen, it's not fucking cool borders or anything, but like, it's a half decent skiing minigame. You use your two analog it's sticks. Than the, it's better than the Final Fantasy VII snowboarding game. No I think. question. Yeah, no question. If you've never, if you haven't played it before, you use your two analog sticks and they're your left and right ski. And so like, if you, if you turn them both in, then you make the pizza. South Park fans will know what I'm talking about. And then when you push them both up, you make the French fries. And, like, you can steer them and stuff. And, like, I only played a couple of races and was like, all right, I've had my fill of this. Surprisingly yeah. decent minigame. The ski game is pretty fun. I was impressed. The boxing sucked. Uh, um, I remember liking the boxing a lot as a kid, me and my brother playing it all the time, but I haven't actually gone back and played it again as an adult, so I have no idea if it actually aged well. Okay, well, listen here. Not. I can explain twice why it's bad. First of all, I think I keep calling the boss Spencer. It's Spectre. I can't remember if I said Spencer or Spectre. Yeah, I can't remember if I said Spencer. I feel like I did. I'm going to get in trouble for that. But the so the first mini game is is skiing, and it's like all the main characters, and you can ski, and you, it's fine. The second mini game is Spectre boxing, and this fucking villain has just taken a bunch of monkeys, and he's making them fight, 
it's cockfighting with monkeys, and you just he puts them no, in like it's boxing. Is you right? Classy highbrow boxing. It's cockboxing. It's just you take two monkeys and you put boxing gloves on them and you put them in a ring and they beat the shit out of each other. And I was like, this is this shouldn't be in a children's game. This is perverse. But then I actually started playing it and like. I see what they were trying to do. The left and right stick are your left and right gloves. And, you know, if you just tap them up, you throw a quick jab. If you pull them back and then push them up, you'll throw the big haymaker. You can use them to block. And, like, on paper, it's a great idea. But, like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just go play punch out. I thought the boxing – I played, like, half a game, yeah. and I was like, this kind of sucks. I don't want it. Like, it's cool that it's in there. It's a side game. It's whatever. But I thought it was kind of – Yeah, I, I think the mini games are just there just for, like, some extra fun, but also them just trying to see how they can use these controls for stuff. Like yeah, you said, totally. it's a tech demo for them to take the series into the PS2 and see what they can really do with it. Totally. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that those mini games were like other games they had already developed, like or they were just like deck tech demos, and then they were like, let's just throw them into the game. Like they're not bad. I'm not dunking on them. I just don't care about yeah. them. Like you play them, you know. Uh, there, there's a bunch of like there's a bunch of other Ape Escape games and stuff like party games and everything. So they probably put them in those maybe. Right. But yeah, there's a third game that's like a shoot 'em up, and I don't think I ever unlocked that one. Yeah, I think you needed. Think you need every single Spencer coin for that one. Yeah. Coin, yeah, I, I had like I think I ended the game with 28 coins, and you needed 40 or something, so I never got that. Mm-hmm. Game, so, um, so okay, so so we covered the mini games. Uh, we should if you so the, the the basic plot of this game is that there's this fucking monkey named Specter who. Uh, gets a hold of this like think of Futurama with the the little monkey that puts on the hat and becomes a genius. That's what Spectre yeah. does. He puts on this helmet and then he becomes a genius. But then he also turns evil. And then what he does is he goes and gets a whole bunch of other monkeys and puts helmets on all them and makes them all evil. And then he like sprinkles them through time. And the plan is to send these monkeys, if I'm not mistaken, the plan is to send these monkeys back through time to rearrange the history books to put monkeys in charge of the present. And Yeah. <laughs> uh, he doesn't make the other monkeys evil. He's the only one that's evil because okay. the helmet that he puts on is a prototype and it ma- it malfunctions and it makes him evil because uh, he's not actually evil. Okay. It's just uh, the helmet malfunctions and makes him evil. Okay. So then he just... Uh, I think he can control the monkeys with his helmet and their helmets or something like that. I see. So then but you basically... He does brainwash Jake. Yeah. Yeah, he brainwashes this kid named Jake. And then you control this kid named Spike, who is... <clears throat> excuse me. Who is Jake's best friend. And they end up sending... Uh, you have to go back to all these different times in history to catch these monkeys to stop them from rewriting the history books and obviously stopping Spectre. And... Mm. I got to say, dude, it's not the deepest story of all time, but it serves its purpose. It's not the worst story I've ever heard. It's not. Yeah, and I, and I will... I would, in some of the other games, they, like, they just do that same thing, like travel through time and everything, but they actually have it affect stuff more. So there's more like eight-themed things in, in levels as you're going around because they fucked up, they oh, fucked up history. Okay. Yeah, this one, like... You don't really ever actually see, like they just send you to like random like floating islands and shit, and yeah. and there just happens to be a bunch of monkeys running around, and you just have to catch enough of them to beat the level. It's like the story serves its purpose. Let me say the first major thing I would like to praise in this game, outside of the ingenuity with the dual analogs, is, and I know I'm gonna take some shit for it. I don't fucking care. The voice acting in this game is better than it's. 
I, I wasn't going to name it. It's better than Sonic Frontiers. The voice acting in this game is good. Like, I enjoyed the voice <laughs> acting. It's better than, like, it's not, you know, it's not Final Fantasy X, but it's, like, surprisingly decent voice acting for such a stupid little game. I yeah. quite enjoyed it. The, 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 I will say the emotion from the characters it is, is what's good. The actual quality of the audio is dog shit. Agreed. Yeah, no question. But you're right. The, the the emotion is good. A lot of people have praised its soundtrack, too. I don't think the soundtrack mm. is bad, but I did find it started to get... It's My problem with the soundtrack isn't that the songs aren't good. It's that some of them are like fucking 15 seconds. And then just looped yeah. and looped and looped. And there are levels really you need to spend. Yeah. Oh, and like, and there are levels you need to spend a lot of time in sometimes. And after a while, I got to the point where I was like, all right. And I would like turn it down and turn on like a football game while I was playing. But then the problem is there's no subtitles for the cutscenes, So then I'd have yeah. to turn it back up for those. And like, again, I don't want to sound like I'm dissing the music because I know some of you really like it. I just wish that the sound clips, some of them were longer. Like, Mm. fuck me dude like some i swear to god some of them are 10 seconds and they were like all right that's good just repeat that over and over again um but they, they did... must have taken notes from the ghostbusters game oh god like uh, one little jingle and we'll just repeat that every 10 seconds yeah now to be fair though i like that jingle but no you're right it's it's just it got it got a little bit repetitive uh but it sounded good i thought the voice acting was good i liked the characters and i also want to say um you can tell that because this game came out in 99 and and you can tell that by this point they were really starting to get a handle on what the PlayStation was capable of because uh this is uh I don't know if I want to sit here and definitively say it's the best looking PS1 game I've ever played because it's not I don't think it's no, fair to I, it's not fair to compare with RPGs is, but... though like yeah. um you know it's not a Lundra which we just covered it's not Castlevania Symphony of the Night but for a 3D platformer um, mm -hmm. it looks quite good. Like, I, I don't know if this is a hot take. I, I would put it on, on par with Mario 64 graphically, like oh, maybe a sure. little bit I better, maybe better. Uh, now, admittedly, yeah. it's not as big. Like Mario 64 yeah. is a little bit more open world than this game is. Cause it's got the hub with the castle and everything. Um, mm. but there wasn't a single level that I thought was ugly. Like they were all bright and colorful and I really impressed. There's no confusion as to what you can interact with and can't interact with and stuff, which was not an easy thing to do back in this era. Um, I, I was really impressed with how good it looked. It was so bright. It looked like playing a Saturday morning cartoon, quite frankly. Yeah. And like some of the levels were pretty big. Like, um, I think when you're, you're in like a dojo or a temple or something like that. Yeah. Where you get first get the RC car. Yeah. Like that level is pretty big because it's got all those little extra areas. You can like rip that RC car through. Yeah. That's right, dude. But oh. uh, yeah, the, the they only developed the game. Uh, Google's telling me it was only like two, two and a half years, and most of the time was them trying to figure out how to make the controls work. Right, and so like it was just like <clears throat> that that they knew it would be a game. Good. Yeah, that they knew it would be a game for children, and they probably could mm -hmm. have really have to ask the graphics more than they did, but didn't. Uh, earns a lot of like I can see why this game is so. I want to get into some of the levels and the items and stuff, but like I can see why this game uh, is as praised as it is, without question. If you're hearing this, you're probably a gamer. And for our kind, nothing is as precious and valuable as our save files. Have you ever experienced the loss of a save file? It's soul-crushing. Dozens, maybe hundreds of hours of work. Gone, like that. But at the end of the day, it's a video game. It matters, but 
kinda, you know? That exact scenario, but with a work project, an essay for school, data for your business, that's no joke. That can be really serious. You need a safety net. And I got you, fam, with my partners over at CrashPlan. Visit CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. CrashPlan has been protecting people's data since 2001. And a couple years ago, they set out on their own with one mission, to provide the best damn cloud backup solution on the market. CrashPlan runs quietly in the background of your computer or Mac and every 15 minutes on the clock they create a new backup of every file that's changed in that time. So if something goes wrong, God forbid, you don't lose hours, lose days, lose weeks of work. Just log into your account and you can download your most recent backup from the secure cloud servers. And there's not just one backup. There's a laundry list of them. You can pick and choose which one you want. It's like the ultimate undo button. If if you work on a computer in any capacity, CrashPlan is a must-have. And if you're thinking, ah, that's for big businesses, I'm just Joe Schmo. CrashPlan protects Joe Schmo. They offer a ton of plans and tiers. So there's a crash plan for everyone from small one-person businesses like me to you fancy businesses in offices with staff and free donuts and all that stuff. Time is money. Why wouldn't you protect your work? Spreadsheets, diagrams, videos, art, podcasts. CrashPlan has you covered. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Yeah. So I'm just looking at um, some of the other games that the studio developed. They're just Japan Studio, which is like one of Sony's first party uh, studios. And so they've made, they made like everything that everybody knows from the PlayStation, like the Ark the Lad, um, Harappa the Rappa. Which I'm going to be Wild playing Arms games, Even, even uh, Alundra. Oh, is that right? Wow. episode of the podcast, Alundra, developed by the same studio that made Ape Escape. Wow. I get it. Like uh, Legend of Lagaya. I remember a bunch that of game. stuff. Are they fuck I tried that game like 10 times and I just I I fucking got so mad. But I, I thought it was a cool concept. I just sucked at it. Anyway, uh we'll save that for the eventual Legend of the Guy uh, episode. Um yeah. No, but I, I get it. Like you can tell, yeah. It's like it's just like when you look at NES games. NES is is just one of the, it's just the system that's coming to my mind. When you take Super Mario Brothers and then you compare it to say Kirby's Adventure toward the end of it, and you can see yeah. the progression of just like they're getting a better handle. And every console in the history of video games, except for the ones that didn't have a long lifespan, you can see the games from the beginning to the games at the end of the way they're getting better at it. And this is a prime example where you can see like they were, they knew exactly what they were doing with this game. Um, I think it's very clever. You we were talking about the items. Um, that's one of the other major, I guess, gripes I have with this game is you get like eight different items and they all use the analog stick differently. And most of them are really rad. I like the propeller, but the problem, dude, but I don't know. Again, I don't know if it's the PS five controller to the PS one. I don't know if I'm 39 and I just don't have the fucking dexterity I used to have, but like, so you get this propeller item at one point and then you can use it to like jump really high up in the air and you, to do that, you don't just hit the jump button. You have to spin the right analog stick to make the propeller spin. And I just, I straight up could not make that propeller spin fast enough without taking <laughs> my index fingers off the triggers and like using them on the, I could not do it with my thumb. So I don't yeah. know if that's just me or not. 
Yeah, uh, I, I remember quite frequently, especially in the race with Jake, yeah. uh, with the propeller, uh, having to take my hand off and do the old Mario Party palm spin trick yeah. to get to spin enough because yeah. you're having to use it so much. Same thing with the uh, the hula hoop. I would always yeah. just oh. with the palm of my hand. Just because yes. you got to get it spinning quick, so I just give that quick spin with the palm of my hand and then go. Yeah, you get this hula hoop that you, <laughs> it's so stupid. It just sounds dumb yeah. to say it out loud. <laughs> you get this hula hoop, and if you hula hoop fast enough, you get turbo speed, and you can run. And turbo speed, and you can bounce off the enemies and kill yeah. them with it because it's also got a laser or something. There is, there's one part I can't remember what level, what the levels, excuse me, what the levels called, but there's one part where you have to jump up four or five cliffs using the propeller, and then you have mm -hmm. to use the hula hoop to run across this bridge that collapses as you want. So you can't run across it without using the loop because you can't run fast enough. The blocks fall and you fall down. You have to climb back up and try again. And while you're running across it, there's these two spike balls on chains that spin around. So you need to run across the bridge and dodge these two spike balls. And I'm telling you, like, I'm glad I wasn't streaming this because it took me way long. I finally Googled it and I was like, am I not doing like, is there, am I wrong? Like, am I not supposed to be hula hooping across so this bridge? Yeah. And then, yeah, exactly. Am I so out of touch? And then, like, nope. First video I saw was just somebody who also failed at it like three times before they got across no, it. It is the game that's wrong. It's the game that's wrong. Um, I think yeah. the hula hoop's a cool item. And I love the idea that you spin the analog to use the propeller or to use your hula hoop. But you're right. Those two items, man. I just could not yeah. for the fucking life of me spin that analog stick fast enough with my thumb to make them work. No way. Well, if it makes you feel better, the developers had a rough time making them work. Yeah. Well, then they get all the controls. Yeah. Like, so that, like, again, not even slamming it. They just, I struggled with those. Yeah. You know what I think the coolest item in the game is, is, um, and I didn't even use it very often, is the radar. You, you get this fucking rad radar oh, yeah. thing. And then you steer it with the right analog to like tell the satellite dish where to look and it'll light up and start beeping if it finds an ape. And then if you're close enough, you can hit the trigger and then it'll actually like show you like it looks like a security camera somewhere of the ape and it has these like stupid little stats about them. Like it shows you how oh, aggressive yeah. they are, how fast they are. And then it'll say something about their personality like Jake is upset that his girlfriend left them. Or like Steve, uh, Steve is mad or something, <laughs> and like these stupid little made up facts. I thought it was. I just used yeah. it because I thought the facts were funny. Yeah, the flavor text for all the apes through all of the games is always hilarious. They always have like stupid names or just like stupid, like basic ass like human names. Yeah, they're like Steve the Ape or something like that. Yeah, and yeah just the flavor text they have for all of them is just so goddamn funny. Yeah, dude, there was. Or they'll have one like. There's, I can't remember the level, but it was like one, and it's like one of the angrier apes. He's like, oh, so-and-so is mad at this other ape because, like, he stole his banana or something like this. <laughs> and then it's like the other ape just, like, thinks that they're just, like, best friends still. <laughs> but the one ape just fucking hates them. Yeah, like, even when I found an ape and it was clear as day where they were, sometimes I would break out the satellite dish to just to see what it had to say about them because I thought it was funny. Um, and on the note of funny, like the fucking apes themselves, I don't know. I don't know if they were designed this way on purpose or if it was just the way they could make the shapes work in this era. But like the way they look with their stupid faces and the giant golf ball eyes that are like coming out of yeah. their fucking heads. The apes make me, they make me laugh every, then when you get near one and you spook it, it like runs away 
and it its legs are just moving 100 miles an hour but it's barely moving and it's constantly like yeah. looking back at you but it's with these five giant bug eyes as it's running away with a fucking siren on its head and it's just yeah, like the road runner legs. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> me. It made me. And like, sometimes they'd make me mad because I kept getting close and then they'd like hit me with a banana or they'd turn around and fucking and shoot me. Taunt you. What? And then they taunt you though. That's yeah, the they thing. Do. Yeah, you they... flip on the banana and then they sit there and laugh at you. Yeah. And you get, <laughs> oh, and you get so close. And like, cause the first item you get in the game is your net, which you use the right analog. You get close to a monkey and, uh, they're an ape, sorry. And you swing your right analog stick and you'll catch them in the in the net. And there were so many times where I was so close and then I'd either step on a banana or they'd fucking shoot me because some of them have guns or they would just like mm-hmm. come at you like hands oh, flailing. Yeah. Or their hands would just be flailing and they'd punch you and knock you down. And some of them like got away so many times that I was getting so angry. And like the other item it gives you pretty quick is like a lightsaber that you can use to hit the apes. And if you hit them with the lightsaber, they get stunned. And then you can catch him with the net. But I don't know about you. Sometimes I would hit them with the lightsaber, swap to the net, swing the net, miss, and then they'd get up and run away anyways. And I'd be like, yeah, you didn't little... get to stun them for very long with the, with the lightsaber. No, it just takes, as you get, as you play more, you get better. Like it just takes a practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, I just, and also like it gets so much better in the, in the later games in the series. Oh, like, I'm, I'm sure. get tighter. They kind of fix some of the, the hitboxes for the ace and for you improve the timing windows a little bit for stunning them just so it's not quite as difficult. But. Right. No, I'm sure. Yeah. But I, I still, uh, I still it, like never did it. make The only time I ever really got mad at the controls were trying to run across that bridge. And then I think it might be the final level of the game. It's close to the end. If it's not the end, you have to climb this fucking it just suddenly turns into like a platformer, like a real platformer. And you have to climb mm-hmm. for like 10 minutes. And if you miss one jump, uh, you fall, like you can fall all the way down and have to climb up this whole fucking thing again. And yeah, I don't know if you know what part I'm talking about. And like, I didn't think it was bad, but I got lucky that I didn't fall. Um, I could see it being just like, and like, the thing is, it's like, it's not going to kill you. Like you have so much health in this game and every enemy you come near drops cookies. Like you're like, I died a few times, but your health is always replenishing. I just, there's just a couple of points where like, it's hard to say it's a difficult game because I don't think it's difficult, but there were just the odd instance. No, but there's just the odd instance where I was like, holy fuck. All right. Like it, (laughs) you took the gloves off. You've got a little bit of bite now. And I, I don't, do you know what part I'm talking about? This one part where you have to climb this fucking tower. And you climb forever. Yeah. Like it just yeah, goes. Just climbing, climbing. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's enough of this. Yeah. And there's like, like I, I want to just catch monkeys again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause there's a couple of points too. Cause dude, I forgot you mentioned the remote control car. I think that's such a clever thing, but like you control the remote control car with your right stick. You control spike with the left stick. And there's a couple instances where you kind of have to follow the remote control car. And, uh, yeah. that, that, like it's not the hardest thing in the world, but it takes some fucking coordination that I don't have. Like, but it handles really well. Like, I I I love the remote control car. I just like driving the remote control car into the apes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, like and I I wouldn't even get be be able to get close enough to them to catch them afterwards. I just thought it was fun to run them down with the stupid car. Um. But yeah, very clever. I thought. Yeah. Just a. I mean, I guess it's a little bit of a pain in the ass that you need to pause it to swap 
items between the four face buttons. Mm-hmm. When you're you do switch items a lot, and like, I guess in theory it would be easier to just set them to like a a, a shoulder button, or or the D pad, dude. The D pad. You're not using the. You can't use the D pad. Let me use like yeah. up down. Oh, the D pad or... controls the camera, does it not? I don't remember. Oh, does it? Oh, maybe you're right. But like, I think it does. Yeah, because it's it's fucking janky to try and control the camera. Yeah, you might be right. Because you're you're trying to control the camera with the same hand as you're trying to move your character. No, because oh, well, all I ever did with the camera was with like one of the shoulder buttons. You could just put the camera behind you, mm. and I just did that the whole game. Like every every yeah, time that's I turned. what I mostly did too. It was just like when you're trying to like line up a jump, you kind of got to move the camera a bit. Yeah. sometimes to figure out where you're going. So. Yeah, and I just yeah, fair enough. I just wish that it had been a little bit like streamlined the process of swapping items. A little, mm. but that was more again, more of just a nuisance than anything. It's not like it, it took away uh, from the game at all. Um, I mean, I don't know what the fuck else there is to say about it. You just catch these stupid apes, and then you beat the game. You beat Spectre. Uh, I did think the boss fights all sucked, but because they sucked, I liked them. Because I hate big, yeah. complicated, two-hour-long boss fights, and all the boss fights in this game are just easy as cheese, which I enjoyed quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, the boss fights get a little bit better in the, in the other games. Um, they're like actually kind of you have to use mechanics and stuff to actually like beat them properly oh yeah like I found and the they're, only they're not too bad though yeah it's, it's not like frustrating but it's just like oh I'm actually doing something for a boss fight instead of just the dumb shit from the first game yeah like the only boss fight that I thought to be at all clever was the final fight against Spectre when he's in his giant robot and he's knocking platforms away and even that like was very easy dude the final boss fight against Jake you like get there and he has a race car and he's on a racetrack. And I was like, we've already had to race him twice on foot. So it makes sense that we'd wrap the game up in like a big car race. But then it turns out like, no, he just tries to run you over and you just fight his car. (laughs) And like, I'm not, it's not a complaint, but I just thought it to be an odd decision after you've made me race this man twice. How are we not wrapping this up in a race? But no, the final, the final, you're literally at the starting line of a racetrack and then there's just like a wall and you just have to lure him into running into the wall and then run around behind him and hit his engine with your sword <laughs> or shoot him yeah. or whatever. And that was it. I was like, that, that's a fucking odd decision. But whatever. Yeah, it's real basic. It's like they didn't know what to do. They're like, Spectre, uh, that's the final boss, right? They're like, oh, no, that's, uh, you got to beat that Jake guy one more time. Yeah. it's But I mean, it's at the same time. It's like we're sitting here talking about the logic in a fucking game where a professor sends a little kid back in time with a lightsaber and a fucking magical hula hoop to catch monkeys. So yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, man, I, like, I don't know what else there really is to say about it. Like, I don't mean to like kind of shortchange it, but like, it's not, and yeah. I don't even mean it really. It's not the deepest game in the world. There's just, you just go level to level. It's, it's actually, I think what I enjoyed about it was that it was so basic. It's a very basic mm-hmm. game. Um, but it was just, it's charming. It's bright and colorful. The music fits the atmosphere. The apes fucking kill me. Spectre is like the Sephiroth of monkeys. So that's rad. And, uh, yeah. I just, I just, I just got to say, like, I understand why it's so highly praised, uh, as a PS1 title. Now I'm like, I, first of all, yeah, it did fucking belong on the PlayStation classic. Uh, except that Sony's cheap pieces of shit. I'm frankly shocked that they got it on PS plus. But uh, I I really enjoyed well, it. It's first party studio, right? Yeah, so. that's true. Yeah, that's true. 
But that, you know what, though? The fact that you said that makes it even more embarrassing that it's not on the PlayStation Classic. Like, because yeah. that's just... That it, would... It's definitely, yeah. It's like, Sony can say all they want that they didn't try and cheap out on it, but it's like literally one of your most popular games for the console. Yeah. That is your game. You didn't yeah. try to put effort in to make sure uh, it was on there. What they should have done is only sent it out with one controller and made the one controller dual analog. As opposed yeah. to two of those useless ones with like just anyways. I've I have ranted about the PlayStation Classic in the past. I will never stop. It's always gonna be a piece of shit. But not including this game on it would be like Nintendo dropping the NES Classic and being like, Oh yeah, by the way, I don't know, fucking I don't wanna say like Super Mario Brothers three, because I don't think Ape Escape is PlayStation's Super Mario Brothers three. But like one of their big trademark games not being on it. Like it's just fucking ridiculous. Like Metroid. Be like releasing without Metroid on it. Like this is a staple of the PlayStation library. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. If I didn't have as much to play as I do, if I didn't have to get on to other games, I probably would have gone back and tried to collect all the apes. Because frankly, they're not that hard to find. Some of them are hard to catch. Some of them are very clever. They're like hidden in areas and you need to figure out how to problem solve and use your various items to get in there. But as long as you've got that radar... It tells you how many apes are in every world. You can use the radar to tell you what direction the apes are in. It's it's more of just a matter of if you want to take the time to catch all of them. Yeah, um, there, there's a couple ones that are kind of hard to find, even with the radar. But that's just because, uh, like, it'll just always show you them, even if they're in, like, a different zone or something like that. And then it's just a matter of trying to make sure you get to the right zone. Right, right. But. Even but, that, none of them are like, you're going to pull your hair out trying to find this monkey. No, no, Sorry not at all. No. Um, no, the hardest thing is is catching some of them. Finding them is doable. It's yeah. trying to actually get a net fucking wrapped around something that's hard. And then I guess if you do collect all of them, uh, there's like a, like a new fight. Like I never, I never did it. Apparently, there's like an extra like boss fight, but I, I didn't get that far yeah. in the game. And an and extra item too. Uh, you get like this punching glove. Oh, yeah. No, you get that when you beat the game. I did get the punching glove. Um, okay, that's just from beating the game? Yeah, I did get that. And it's just okay, like... I the, remember. Yeah, it's just like the glove on the spring, and you can use it yeah. to, like, destroy some stuff. And, yeah, it's... Yeah, I don't know. It's a neat Punchy little game. In the face with it. I, I... I... There is part of me that's, like, a little surprised that this game is as popular as it is. Oh, not because it's bad at all, but only because it feels like it really does feel like kind of a niche title. Like a lot of my friends that had PlayStations mm. back in the day didn't have the DualShock. Like we didn't have the analog controllers. We just had the basic PlayStation controllers. So I guess maybe there's a small part of me that's surprised it's so beloved, but I get because I didn't know everybody had that controller, but apparently everybody did. Um, and I guess I was just poor. That's why we didn't have it. But yeah, like it definitely was more successful in Japan than it was in America. Like I think it was like kind of one of those like more niche, like cult classic, not right. quite like right. a little bit above that in America, right. but like it was hugely popular in Japan. And, and there's like a whole bunch, half the games are Japan exclusive and, and out of, like all the other stuff. And like deservedly. So like I was, I was thoroughly impressed. I was like, this is, it's not, like I said, like I said it a while ago, they could have gotten away with just making this a a novelty. It's more of just a glorified demo for what the analogs can do, and mm-hmm. I don't think it is. I think they really did. They really did put some work into this, and I, I was quite impressed with it. And quite frankly, I find it a little bit disap- like 
I think this should be this should be up there with like Ratchet and Clank in them. Like this should be one of their like staple franchises. I, and I don't know why it's not. Yeah. Like it'd be so easy to just make more of them. I just come up with new puzzles yeah, and new items. It's been dead for a long time. Like, yeah. Put out uh, a PlayStation Move Ape Escape in 2010, and like that's it. And like I, that just seems insane to me. Like it's just like listen, I'm not gonna sit here and say that I want a new one of these more than I want a new one of Sly Cooper because that's not true. But yeah. Uh, I'm like, dude, even if you're not going to use it, like I guarantee you if they went out and sent a message out to a bunch of studios and said, Hey, we'd like to revive ape escape. Does anyone want to work on it in a heartbeat? Somebody would scoop this up in a heartbeat, dude, this game, I put this game on the Patreon poll, quite frankly, not thinking it had a chance. Like I'm not upset that it won, but I was like, this isn't going to win. And it ran away with that Patreon poll. Yeah. It ran away. So Yeah, I was surprised to see that too. Yeah. Like so clearly there's a market for this franchise. And uh I mean <laughs> I guess it's a better problem to have to be like Sony with Sly Cooper. I know they don't own it, but like Sly Cooper and Ape Escape and stuff or Nintendo with F Zero and Punch Out, as opposed to being like Xbox and being like, Man, we'd fuck, we'd love to have a franchise. Because, <laughs> like and I love Xbox, but the fact remains that they they don't have this problem. Uh I just wish we get more. I'm like, I'm going to play Ape Escape 2. I, I, and I'll probably play Ape Escape 3. In case anyone's like, when are you going to play them? I don't know. But I will play more of these games. I, I'm impressed. I thought it was a, a charming little game. If you have PS Plus Premium, uh, it's on there. Uh, remember the game Seal of Approval. It's a fun little game. It's worth checking out. And you've got oh, yeah. Save States and Rewind. So if you get stuck on that race against Jake, uh, you can cheese your way through it. And you probably will because he doesn't run on that ledge worth shit. So, uh, you got anything else? I think we touched everything. Is there anything else you want to rant about? Uh, I think that's about it. All right. Then, uh, fuck, I wonder, oh man, the smart thing to do would have just been to be like, let's just score it out of however many apes there is. But I didn't look up how many apes there are. I don't even know how many apes there is. Okay. I'm looking. Just buy me some time. Just say, uh, say something. Uh, something, something. Something, something. Uh, 204, it says. All right. 104? Yeah, so that's what we're scoring it out of. And if I'm wrong, sorry. But we're scoring it out of 204. So, uh, Keeks, the floor is yours. Out of 204 apes, how many apes do you give Ape Escape? I'm going to give it, I think, 197 apes out of 204. The last seven apes had rabies or something? Yeah, it says, you know... I, I'm not going to divide up each ape exactly with my issues with the games, where it's just like, you know, loses an ape or an ape and a half or, you know, how hard it is to get your, your, the propeller and the hula hoop to make them work nicely. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, and then just some of the swimming controls were trying to, I always found it difficult to shoot the net while I'm trying to swim. Yeah. It yeah. It just makes yes. my camera have a stroke. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I struggled with that too, actually. The swimming yeah. didn't bother me, just, but getting that net to shoot accurately did. <laughs> and then just all those jumps in that final level, and then not being able to ride the T-Rex at the start of the game. Oh, yeah. In that level. Yeah. All right. Uh, those are all good points. Yeah, I'll probably give it like... I'll give it like 190. Like, like I'd give it like an 8.5 nine out of 10. 
I was impressed. Yeah. I didn't I didn't feel like there was a lot of fat. It didn't waste my time. There was more there if I wanted to go back and play it. I thought for the most part it controlled well. Although I did agree I struggled with the hula hoop and the and the propeller thing. Um I thought it was clever, bright, colorful. Like there wasn't a single time when I was playing it outside of that fucking that second race against Jake and that time where I tried to hula hoop across the bridge. Those were the only two times where I was like, I'm not having fun. And that was just because I suck outside of those. Like yeah. I'd never not had fun playing this game. I thought it was very clever. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I, I mean, I guess, I guess I wish that you could save in the middle of the levels instead of having mm -hmm. to get back to the, uh, professor's lab because some of those levels are fucking big, but, um, you know, fortunately I played on PS five, so I could save state anytime I wanted. Uh, but yeah. no great game. I get why so many of you voted for it now. I hope I didn't, do your game disjustice. Uh, I liked it. It's a fun little game. Now I'll ask you, dude, as we wrap this up, have you played Apescape two and three? Sure have. Yep. Would uh, you? Three was okay. I found they were trying to just do too much with it and kind of like lost the, what made the game fun in the first place of just it being simple. Yeah. But, uh, Apescape two is probably my favorite of the trilogy because it yeah. was just tightened up the controls from the first game, added a few more extra things and, PS2, so it looked better. And it was just solid. Ape Escape is just a great game, but it's not like one that I would go back and complete all the time. If I needed my Ape Escape fix, that'd be the second one. Right. But Ape Escape's just really cool to like see where it came from, and like it being the first game to require the Dual Shock. Like we wouldn't have any of our shooters like we do without it. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I I'll get on board with that. Yeah. I gotta play. I gotta try to. Apparently, it's it's. I don't know when I'll get around to it, but apparently, it's good. But I, yeah, I really enjoyed it, man. Good fucking game. Thanks for voting for this, everybody. Good job. Well done. Nice votes. And um, I guess in just a few, I don't know when, it won't be in the rest of this month, but in, in at sometime in January, uh, Parappa the Rappa won our Patreon poll for last month. So I'll be playing and going through that one. And I feel like between Parappa the Rappa and Ape Escape, I've crossed off non-RPG-wise the two biggest PS1 games that I've never played. Um like the two that I've heard about the most. So uh, I'm glad to finally have this one off my back. Good job. Plus, how, who doesn't like apes? They're awesome. Well, they're scary, but they're awesome. So um, Keegs, good job, my friend. Thank you for doing this. And uh, I assume you voted for Ape Escape. So thank you for voting for this game. Sure did. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Keeks, thank you so much for giving me a call and talking Ape Escape. And thanks so much to all of you that voted for Ape Escape because it was delightful and even more importantly, thank you to each and every one of you hot dogs listening to this right now, whether this was your first remember the game or your 227th or any other number. I don't give a fuck. Uh, no matter what number it is, thank you so much for giving us a chance. I know there's a lot of retro gaming podcasts out there. And for whatever reason, you clicked on our crappy uh, self-made art uh, logo thing and decided to try ours and I appreciate it more than you could possibly know if you didn't hate it leave us a nice review would you I'm not sure what they accomplished but I'm going to keep asking for them because the good podcasts are doing that and I need to keep up with them and uh, if you want more of this <laughs> there are literally hundreds 
hundreds and hundreds. There's about 160 or so expansion passes, about 120 game patches, and about 90 rambling idiot podcasts. All waiting for you over at patreon.com slash remember the game. Subscriptions start as low as $2 a month, and in exchange for that 2 bucks, you get two additional shows every week. Ad-free, plus instant access to the back catalog, plus all the other benefits like writing into the show and DMing with me and joining the Discord and all that other good stuff, right? Uh, Patreon.com slash remember the game i'm also on twitch if you go to twitch.tv slash member the game i'm there whenever i have time haven't been on there much lately but i will be again uh after the holidays i promise you and we have a p.o box you can find the address at remember the game podcast.com no big gifts just shoot me a postcard a letter let me know where you're listening i'm very behind anyone that sent me anything recently i haven't written back in a while i'm sorry i've just been busy i'm behind i try to write more than just a hey thanks and scribble my shitty autograph on a postcard i actually write you a message but i will be getting all those out soon i promise it's just with the delay with the mail and Christmas and everything. You may not see them until, um, I don't know when, but I promise you, I got to get caught up and I will soon. All right. Uh, that's going to do it, everybody. I'm going to thank some patrons and get out of here. We will be back tomorrow for all of our patrons with a countdown list where I'll ra- expansion pass where I'll rank my 10 favorite indie games of all time. Game patch will go live on Friday with all the biggest news in the world of video games. And we'll be back a week from today with remember the game number 228, which if all the stars align will be about castle crashers. One of the best damn beat em ups ever made. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you on the next one cheers goodbye remember the game is brought to you by our patreons i could not puke up all the content i turn out every week without all of your support the following people are at the senior executive vice president level or higher at patreon.com slash remember the game and as such i am contractually obligated to go through their names as quickly as possible think like the credits at the end of like a cable movie where they're just flying by as quick as possible but a huge thank you to Makeshift Mallow, Magic Money, Joe Buck, Sharonic, Andre, Amanda, Hug and Kiss, King Muhammad, Dave McGee, DNA Gaming, Slick Rick, Doug Dorn, Chris Flurry, Charlie Medeiros, Andrew Wright, Jordan, Fraser Burns, Angry Ticks, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Aaron Lawson, Nathan Trombley, A Town, Morgan, Zane Donovan, Ryan Kinchin, Mike Maloney, G9, PSX, Mercury 869, Wolfgang, Darren, Sam Wright, Andy Hudson, Doogie, Wolf Magic. 21, Johnny CCDC, Joe LeBlanc, Squints, Titan 420, Zonko 504, Russell Aldridge, Jeff Bergeron, Captain N, OT Plays Games, Too Tired for Life, Tunable Power, John Woodruff, Randy Barrage, Just a Fish, TP Pooper, Denzalo, Holmes, Zach Shepard, Chris Dickin, Matthew D'Amico, Frosty Feet 492, Triple, Chugger 22, Elijah Burns, Stephen Parnell, Ray San Wontonga, DBXJ, Jameer Williams, Steve Dalk, Phil McCracken, Mizuru, Nicholas Chaffee, David Marcus, Phil Lencher, Ruben Elizald, Eric James, Jake Carter, CSP, Thomas Smith, Ian Keg, Nicola, Munch Makuchi, Leroy Westrich, Jerry the 3D Printed Sawstrich, Russell Evolva, Sean Ramos, DP Cooper, Stud Still Smash, Mojo the Helper Monkey, Brant, Gabe, Dan Fusselman, Fuzzy99, Decoy Man, John Jameson, Wyatt the Surgeon, who's not a surgeon row, Blaine the Hoagie Man, Scary Terry, Bucky the Beagle Herder, Edridge FPB, Hagel Waffle, High Plains Drifter, Kayach, Timothy, Joe Stone, Chris Williams, Oroku Saki's Gardener, Nicole Novak, Cody Richardson, Dead Boys on the Roof, Current, Remember the Game Hall of Famer, Mark McHugh, James Juan Francesco, John of the Adult Children Podcast, Matt Hamilton, Nomad, Daniel DeVore, J- James Black, Drugs are Bad, Umkay, Sam Carpenter, Nerdy Hybrid, Adam Fletcher, Colin Bolin, 
Bollinger, Pinball Mage, Joey Mercury, Theran, Squeak Nuts, Isaias, Timmy the Exuberant Turtle, Brian Neese, Christian Gabriel, Maverick Marty, Musty Beetle, Bud Lightyear, Phil Vow, John M. Watkins, Beef Dingleberry, Hitchy Poo, Arctic Fission, Bulma Simp, Mark but not McHugh, Trevor McKee, Quiet Place Queen, Cam Nelly 23, Zamatos, Skillerooney, Lugnut, Oh My God, It Froze, Bobby Litton, Brandon DeZeba, Roger Russell, Kia Pup, Works For Me, McGrathen, James Senabria, Derek Cox, Dakota Guy, Alexander Camps, Ryan Perry, Alex R, It's the Bigfoot, Graham, Itchy Nutsaru, Mr. Papa Giorgio, John Drew, Solomon Soto, Darth Skywalker, Denton Van Zandt, Postman, West Gen, Nick Creature, Hattrick Swayze, Adam Martinet, Naf E, Dr. Nightmare 23, Tone Boat Swiss, Kevin Monroe, The Stone Shooter, Shorzy, Lord Longrod, Von Hugendong II, Max Sainton, Alexis Ramos, Faded Sufferance, Tristan Anderson, Benjamin Atkins, and Robbie DLC. That is easily the single best batch of Patreon shoutouts I've ever done. Holy fuck. Oh, man. Purple Monkey Dishwasher. Wow. Thank <laughs> you.